Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. I'm Michael, the what was it, the, the iron horse of podcasting here. Apparently I keep outlasting all of my co-hosts today, but today I've got another special host with me today. It is, if you guys are from Marshfield area, you'll know him very well. He's kind of unique. It's Judah the Juggernaut Ford. So Mike, when you say special, just what do you mean by that? Well, I can't really go into that because this is a G-rated podcast, but I think they know what I mean by that. <laughs> so Judah, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've been driving with Reels since 2018. I came through the GYCDL program in January of 2018. I've done flatbed, curtain side, uh, the steel hauling with the Conestogas. I've done van and reefer. And I've been in a GYCDL instructor since 2019. I was really expecting you to say I have blue eyes and I like long walks on the beach, but that works too. I was going to talk about my <laughs> long, long flowing hair, but I... Of course! Well, that's because you missed the nose hair, right? I got them all braided up nice right now. <laughs> all right. So so what what brought you to, uh, to rail to begin with? Well, I wanted to make money. I wanted to be get into the trucking industry. My dad was a trucker, and... One of my coworkers were at my previous job. She left to become a recruiter here. Okay. And she told me about the company. I looked into it. I looked up real safety record, and I thought, hey, that's worth a shot. And you said you drove for how long for them? Um, I drove for real for about a year and a half before I became an instructor. And mm -hmm. then I, after about a year of being an instructor, mm -hmm. I took about a year off to go drive again. Mm -hmm. And then I came back earlier this year, um, early last year. So you kind of, the, the the dream as far as a lot of people out there, they, they're thinking of being a trainer. Were you ever a trainer here as well? I've done training, but not over the road. Okay. I've done it locally, uh, home every night, mm -hmm. but then going out and hauling freight with students. That's pretty cool. We, we talk about that all the time when guys come through GYCD. I've heard Justin, our manager there, tell them, you know, hey, you guys can come through here and drive and then move up to a trainer eventually and then move on to a, a, an instructor eventually. Yeah. It's, I'm the living proof of it, so. <laughs> and, and it's been fairly successful for you, huh? Oh, yeah. I've enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad to have you today. I'd love to say you were my guest today, but uh, we were actually here to interview uh, Mr. John Poppy today. He's our uh, head of IT. You can call that. <laughs> I'd be a pretty poor guest. I think John's going to be a lot better. I believe you're right. <laughs> High expectations for you now, John. All right. Well, it's nice good having guys. you again, John. Yeah, yeah. Nice to be here. Absolutely. So, for the people out here that don't know you and didn't hear the previous podcast, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm old. I've been in technology for probably 29 years, um, and I've had the chance to work in a lot of different 
a lot of different industries. Um, I started my career in the military um, and then moved on to insurance, which wasn't nearly as exciting. <laughs> and then uh, spent some time in the medical field at Mayo Clinic and then a couple of manufacturing companies and then finally rail transport. Cool. And what brought you to rail? You know, honestly, for me, it was rail's commitment to technology. Oh, you know, okay. that, and, that and just the culture. You know, I know you guys know what a positive culture it is here. And for me, when I met with Rick, um, you know, I heard the story about his dad starting the company and just Rails' commitment to technology, which for my line of work, right, having an organization that supports technology makes my job a lot more fun. And uh, so that's what brought me here. I've been with Rail for nine years. So, like I said, in technology for a lot longer than that. But what I can tell you guys, and I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners probably appreciate that, this comment that I think transportation is just a... It's just a, an incredible industry. Right. You know, so many things changing, you know, and I've worked for 15 years in the manufacturing sector, and that's just not nearly as fun. You know, I mean, right. you, you're making products, but I mean, just the dynamics of transportation, everything that's changing from customer demand to all the different variables and fuel and maintenance. And mm -hmm. right now we're dealing with truck part shortages. I mean, just the craziness of the industry also makes it really exciting and interesting. So, Did like you that. make up your mind to get a job in transportation and then seek out rail, or did you happen upon rail and then decide to get into transportation? You know, <laughs> that's, that's a great question. So I was not seeking out transportation, and I was looking for that next opportunity in my career to step up and take more responsibility. And I had a couple opportunities that I was looking at. One of them happened to be this one. But I had no idea. And it's kind of a funny story because personally when I came here, I thought, well, how hard can how hard can transportation right. be? You know? And you just don't appreciate the the complexity and the velocity until you jump in. And once I got here, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is I mean, this is a lot more complex than I imagined, which I was happy about. Uh, but yeah, it's. It, I didn't expect it to be as crazy as it is. So how much have you seen change in the nine years you've been here? Oh, I mean, well, I, I will tell you guys, and like I mentioned earlier, rail is very forward-leaning on the technology side. But I, I mean, just, just more of the automation and transportation is a very data-rich. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of appointment times and transit times and fuel costs and maintenance costs and. It's, there's so much data in our industry that, that I think what, what I've observed, at least from my perspective, is there's been so much data-related innovation, right. right? Automation, predictability, trying to predict when things are going to happen, all this automated matching around here's all the loads, here's when they have to get picked up, here's when they have to get delivered, here's all the hours of service, here's the best drivers for the, you know, and all that you see and then and then kind of the whole I don't know if you want to call it uberization but just kind of that you know everything that's happening around with with you know uh, with the industry and in terms of all these other carriers and all the all the different companies are trying to get in the mix with matching carriers to loads right. and that type of thing so right a lot in that space and, and that's that's helping uh, productivity it's helping keep people moving you know they're not sitting around because this this is all this technology is helping keep the freight moving well I think so and I think technology and I hope 
you know, the drivers that are listening to this podcast would agree, I think technology has made their job easier. Well, right? I can agree. I mean, just visibility to where parking locations might be, mm-hmm. how many parking spots are available. I mean, just simple things like that, the Cat Scale app, just all the different things that are at, that I know we train our drivers on right. and to use to, just to make their job easier, less stressful, and, uh, and I think that's been a big help for uh, for drivers. Out I know there. as simple as you said, the parking, you know, using to find parking spots. I remember when I started, it was, um, it was, it was, you, you got there and you hoped for the best. When you got there, you hoped there was a parking right. spot. Right. Uh, so that that's a lot of that has changed. A lot of the, the you know, the advisories that you get, the information, the feedback people put into it. That's kind of, it's nice. You get to see all of that now. Yeah. I mean, even in our, even in our, my rail app, and actually I was looking at this before I came down and talked to you guys today. So I think we only have, I mean, our, our app is not required, mm-hmm. you know, for our drivers to use, but we've developed it. It's probably been here for nine years and we've done three major revisions of it or rewrites. So it's really developed. And I think we have, the only, we only have 36 drivers that don't use our app out of wow. our entire fleet. I, I, since I've been here, I've been here about, well, about that long total. Uh, I looked at it the other day and I was like, wow, this thing's changed. I don't know if I could, I'd have to relearn how to use the thing now, you know? Yeah. It's we so try different. just, you know, just a lot of, you know, even like the ship advisor thing, mm-hmm. we've been doing ship advisor. I don't know if you guys know what that is, mm-hmm. but we've been doing that for eight years where our drivers, every time our driver leaves, we say, hey, how was that experience? Yeah. You know, were you treated well? Was it safe? Mm-hmm. Um, is there some tips you want to leave your fellow drivers that go there? And I tell you, that is, and I know other companies have kind of adopted right. a similar mindset, but I think we were definitely a leader in that space, and and uh, it's been very helpful. So, as far as our My Real app goes, do you know if other companies out there are using technology like that, or were we kind of a leader in that regard? I think it's definitely become the norm now, but when we first did it eight and a half years ago. There was a lot less. I mean, uh, some of our, our, our bigger competitors in our space, you know, the top 100, top 50 space, we're, we're starting to do that as well. But I think we were definitely a leader and an innovator in that space. Now, it's kind of an expectation, you know. So I think our focus has switched a little bit to let's just make our, our app as easy to use and intuitive as possible so that our drivers have the best experience. But I think having an app is just kind of expected now. Yeah, I always tell them whenever I talk to drivers and everything, and you hear them sometimes complaining about different stuff, and I go, well, did you put that, did you give feedback on it, your, the negative? I said, it can't get better if you don't add your two cents into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and our goal is that you know we generate these automatic customer scorecards mm-hmm. um, so that when our sales folks go in to meet with the customers, that data is there, right? Those, the ratings that our drivers give, the comments, um, good and bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it's important for our customers to know when they're doing something right and the drivers appreciate it, to mm-hmm. keep doing it. But then the stuff that's really broken or not working well, it's amazing, but the customers really want to see that feedback and they, and they really they need to know and they understand how important it is to be a desirable place to deliver. Right. So that literally could could make us ask for more money to haul their freight, right? To make the rates go up. Yeah, I mean that's 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 definitely one of the things. Mm-hmm. But I I think the first 
thing that the sales team focuses on is making it a better experience. I got you. Because sometimes if it's just a terrible experience, no matter what you're paying, right? So it's really more of just making it a good experience. And if, if, uh, if our drivers need, you know, amenities there, or if there's not a restroom or if there's not, if it's just not safe, Mm -hmm. right. Or they're just not being treated with respect. Those are all the things that we want to go after because it just it needs to be better. You know? It all comes down to the driver keeping them happy, keeping them yeah. on the road, keeping them moving, right. and getting the best customers to to, to provide that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I know I've spoken to a lot of drivers who kind of see leaving feedback as a chore or think that, you know, you leave feedback in the system, it's not really going to change anything anyway, but really this is making a, a large impact on their experience out on the road when they go and leave that feedback. Absolutely. And it's something that we just need to keep stressing, especially to our new drivers and the people that are coming on that, you know, I get, and I totally get it. You know, you have that infamous suggestion box, right? Where people used to fold up a piece of paper right. and drop it in and you wondered what in the heck ever happened to that stuff. I always stuff. thought it was a trash can right? on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and that is, and, and so that's, that's always got that stigma, right? If yeah. I send that comment in, is anybody going to care? What or can, is it going to get me, if it's negative, is, is it going to get me in trouble? Right. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think we just need to keep stressing that right. we're not going to be able to change how our customers act across our industry unless they get feedback on right. that. Because yeah. yeah. the drivers, the eyes on the road, they're the only ones who actually see what's happening out there yeah. and get to interact with these customers face-to-face. Right. I mean, what I always tell, um, so we have a driver advisory group here, and, um, you know, we meet quarterly, and we bring in a... a a whole bunch of different drivers with different perspectives and we it's all around trying to understand what's working and what's not working and some of them are technology topics some of them are just general topics but again it's just another way for us to get feedback to help make us a better company but what I always tell our drivers in the advisory group um, because I help coordinate that effort here is you know that's literally where the rubber meets the road you know I mean our planning efforts our sales efforts our technology efforts customer service, everything comes together inside right. the cab of that truck. And it's gotta it's gotta work. Right. right. And and they and the driver is the one that is the recipient of everyone else's efforts. So it's like a big machine, if you're missing a gear, it's yeah, not gonna work. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's gotta come together and mesh perfectly. Mm-hmm. And um, so oftentimes because the driver is the recipient of the fuel plan or the route or the um, they they have they have a lot of great opportunities and ideas on how to make it better, you know, yeah, and, right. and that's really valuable feedback. I think it's come a long ways, even from when I started driving here to some of the stuff I the feedback I hear from some of the guys because I'm always asking them, you know, because our wig right now is is driver retention, trying to keep our our great drivers employed here and staying here, uh, and I always ask them, you know, what how's it going? And nine times out of ten, I get a fairly good review on it, you know, it's a We've came a long ways. Yeah, we have. We still got work to do, but we're we're getting there. Yeah, you know, I've never, and I've worked with a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of leaders in a lot of different companies, and I've never worked for one that company that is a de- as dedicated to making positive changes. Rail is, right. you know, I, I just, you know, the driver advisory group stuff, you know, the the suggestion box thing, you know. So we have not only do we take feedback on our customers, but we also have this virtual suggestion mm-hmm. box, and I tell you what. We take that so seriously. I, I, within, you know, 24 hours of a driver sending in a comment, it goes to the vice president of that of that right. division that owns that comment, whatever it is. If it's an IT thing, I see it. 
It's a maintenance thing. Phil, Phil sees it. But, you know, every one of those comments gets eyes from a leadership level within a day. That's you know, cool. So it's, it is taken seriously. Do you know off the top of your head any uh, suggestions drivers gave that ended up being implemented? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, 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 don't even know, I don't even know where to start. But, I mean, anything from, you know, suggestions on, you know, you know, drop yards are always a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenging environment, and it's challenging to get real estate in. So, you know, there's been, there's always comments coming in around, hey, you know, I've observed this. Can you make this better? And that's a continual battle on those drop yards, but I think there's been lots of drop yard improvements. I know routing improvements, that probably hundreds of different improvements around that space. I know from a technology side, we've done a lot of my rail enhancements around ideas and suggestions. I think the CAT scale integration was one of them off the top of my head. But it's just different information that the drivers wanted to see that wasn't in the MyRail app that they that they thought right. would make their job easier. Um, phone system changes, um, the way even suggestions on, on hold music, as funny as it is, right? <laughs> yeah, we've made some major changes on that just because drivers are like, all right, enough of this. Let's let's change things up a little bit. So we get all sorts of suggestions and comments on that. I don't think mine's getting to you guys. I keep asking for a hot tub. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you guys keep fishing mine or something. I don't know. So tell us uh, what's some of the new things. We've talked about the apps and what's some of the new things coming up. Yeah, one of the things, there's two things we're, we're really focused on right now um, that's consuming a lot of our time. One of them is the new in-cab technology. And I talked about that a little bit when I was mm -hmm. here last time. And like I mentioned, and for listeners that maybe didn't hear that first one, we're developing an in-cab technology to replace our, our current version. And our goal is obviously tablet-based. That's where everything is going. But a 10-inch screen, very touch responsive, mounted right in the dash, just there's a lot of great things about usability and, and, and better clarity and brightness and, inter and ability to interact with it. You can remove it from the truck. That'll be great. Um, yeah, so this and we're, so we have 10 units running right now on this, but we're developing this product in coordination with our technology right. provider. So rather than just buy one off the shelf, we feel like we can create a better product right. and a better experience. So we're focused on that. Our you know we have a, our goal is to move up to that, that fleet up to 50 mm -hmm. pretty soon. So we'll be kind of stepping through that, and we just want to make sure that we're not putting in the truck if all the major issues haven't right. been resolved. And we've had, we've got 10, uh, 10 folks testing it and they've been doing a great job. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got a few bugs to work out yet, but the feedback has been very, very positive. And, and I think I mentioned last time I was here, but there, the, some of our test drivers have basically said, look, it's got a couple quirky things, but you can't have it back, right. you know, cause I like it too much. So I test drove one of the trucks I had in the other day oh, and okay. I was kind of, I kind of fooled around a little bit. It was kind of cool looking. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm not a tech guy, but that was cool. When you guys change the hardware over, is there going to be any significant software changes, or is it going to be pretty much what people are used to? Uh, there's some improvements. So some of the just the flow um, of moving from one application to the other is better. But this platform in general just kind of opens the door for us to do a lot more cool things mm -hmm. in the future. So, So we're excited about that. Another one is our maintenance system. So um, even though it sounds like, uh, you know, it's not as impactful of a thing, right? It's the software that our maintenance facilities run off of. Mm -hmm. 
um, we are building our own maintenance system or redoing it. And it's really important because uh, from a driver perspective, um, from a driver perspective, rail, you know, we measure our, our truck downtime in hours. Right. And the industry standard is to measure it in days, you know, and we are so good from maintenance perspective. And part of that is the technology behind that, you know, whether you're driving into the safety lane, you know, and you got somebody doing an inspection with a tablet, you know, we're going to tablets in, in, the, in the maintenance areas, the maintenance mm-hmm. base, so all the technicians will have tablets they run off of. It's all about being more efficient, right, mm-hmm. and, and increasing the driver's uh, productivity and decreasing their downtime. Right. So just from an efficiency perspective, because we're designing our own software, we have the ability to really just do a great job making this fit rail perfectly so mm-hmm. that the driver benefits from it. So so that's that's a huge project because we're talking about, you know, purchasing, we're talking about inventory management. I mean, all those things from all the parts we've got, where they're located, but it's so that system from end to end is really complex. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, but our hope is that we're gonna be uh, going live with that towards the end of this year. How does how does it the charging portion of it, how does that work? When it plugs in, it's like a docking type station. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Just like a cell phone. Yeah. Because yeah. I know sometimes with the phones, the the charging ports they wear out and stuff like that. Well, has have you had any issues with any of that? Any tech? Any technical issues with it? No, uh, not so far. But are you talking about the in cab stuff just, or the just in general, just the oh, tablet itself? Yeah. You know, have you had any the mechanical end of it? Is there been any problems? Because that would be probably one of my worst fears to get going down the road and then the e log goes down because the oh, tablet doesn't charge yeah. or anything. Like, have you had any issues with that? Yeah, no. Um, but we've worked. I would say early on, the earlier prototypes had mm-hmm. some issues, okay. and as we've perfected, so that tablet actually. The way that we design this, it's not—it's not just you know your old charge cord right. plug-in, right? Because everybody's got a drawer full of half-working yeah. charge cords right. at home, right? And if you bend it just this way and tape it there, mm. it charges. You know what we've done is there's actually um, the case that these tablets go in has uh, spring tensioned connectors, mm-hmm. so it's an industrial strength connection. That was my next question: the vibration of yeah. the truck is it? Are they pretty durable? Yeah. So when you s- when you slide into the docking station, the spring the spring loaded connector makes contact, and it's designed for that high vibration environment. Gotcha. And so so far we've, we've good. seen good <laughs> good results there. Yeah, because I was going to say when I drove for another company, um, they had the tablets, and that was the biggest issue was. The thing as you're driving would just stop charging, and next thing you know, your tablet's down, and it just yeah. created constant problems. And then you're switching back and forth the paper log, the e log, the paper yep. log. Oh, yeah. It's a nightmare, you know? Yeah, yeah, so I had a question for you. When you yeah. do those, when you integrate these into there, is there any chance that you guys are going to be allowing other apps, like say Trucker Path, other common apps that truckers use, that when they're in a non driving status, they could use right on that tablet? That's something we're talking about. So I know that a lot of the drivers have that on their cell phone already, but uh, I think that's one of the things that we're thinking about is what, but that's exactly though, what, your question is exactly the things that we're excited about because our current platform that is in all of our trucks, we don't have that capability. So by moving to this new platform, that does open up the door and I think things like that are ones that we'll be reviewing and entertaining mm-hmm. because I think that'd be a. I think I think drivers would really like that. Yeah, yeah. I really do. Be that's neat. first thing we're talking about yeah. tablets. That's what I thought. I'm like, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Yeah, I think that would be great. 
Yeah. So those are kind of the big things, you know, I, I came to talk about with you guys today. Mm -hmm. I know, um, you know, one of the things that I will say kind of as we kind of close up, because I never get an opportunity to really give a shout out to my team, but, you know, from a technology perspective, one of the things that we talked about rail and my experience in coming to rail, you know, we have got hands down the best technology team that I've ever had the privilege of working with. I mean, mm -hmm. the professionals we've got here are just best in class. And it's from, you know, because of all those hardworking men and women in the technology department here that, you know, they're the ones doing all the creation and all the hard work. And right. we, uh, we're very lucky to have those, those folks on the team. How, how many do you have in your department? We've got 36. Are they all in Marshfield? No, we're, we're kind of spread out. I would say we have a core group here in Marshfield, mm -hmm. but we have, an, we have a technology office in Appleton. Right. And then we've got some that are kind of sprinkled out around the Midwest as right. well. So. I guess you'd have to, wouldn't you, to rescue uh, us truck drivers from brutalizing the PCs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I do my number on that. I'm constantly calling you guys for help. Yeah, so, that's what we're here for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Post-COVID, are a lot of your uh, team working from home now, or are they still mostly working in office? You know, we've got a mix. Uh, and we always did have a mix. Um, so uh, we've got a few folks who are dedicated uh, work remote, and then we've got some that do a little more of a hybrid model, mm -hmm. and then we've got a portion that are 100% in the office. So um, just like other parts in our business, some folks need to physically be here, you know, do their job. So not every job is equal, and, and we just try to be as flexible and creative as we can, create the best you know, possible work environment for our folks. Is there any way you could possibly create something I could train from home? But as that's I would be yeah. doing it. Like some type of an avatar or something. Yeah, I'm thinking of a drone that yeah. they could fly and like a holograph projector oh, of the passenger awesome, seat yeah. from your hot tub. It'd be a yeah. different training experience. <laughs> Maybe that would be taking technology a little too far. Yeah. You, think? Yeah. you know, I would, I would think you could possibly do that. I mean, I'm, I'm being silly with it, but I would think you would technically you could you could have a controller, a virtual everything. You could technically do that. I mean, I think you see companies. I don't think we want to do that, yeah, but I'm saying you could right, technically do something right. like that. I think you see companies all the time in different industries trying to figure out how to do, well, like you think of these, um, you know, these virtual reality headsets mm -hmm. and goggles, right? How, mm -hmm. you know, three-dimensional. I mean, there's, there's companies that do training like that mm -hmm. today, right? Where, you, you know, it's, you know, you're in virtual reality, right? right. And, and doing training like that. I don't know if I've heard of a whole lot in, in our industry right. necessarily, but I know in the manufacturing sector, there's a lot of that where, you know, it's VR-based training and somebody puts the goggles on yeah. and, you know, you, it looks like they're, they see themselves doing the, right. doing the different activities in a safe environment. And, yeah, I've never really done a lot of experimentation with that, but I think it's intriguing stuff. Yeah. I mean, if we can fly drones in the military. Careful, though. You. You're about to put us two out of a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be some guy behind a computer driving a truck. Yeah. I don't think we got to worry about that. I I drove one of the ones with the with the driver assist okay. recently, and it was when they first got them in, and uh, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my job here pretty shortly. Uh, we're a ways from uh, losing our job. <laughs> But it was nice. It wasn't. It was. Uh, it was definitely a weird sensation. It taking control of the truck and pulling you back to center like they do in the cars. Mm -hmm. It's definitely. Uh, we don't have to worry about it taking our job anytime soon. I can guarantee that. <laughs> but uh, but I think, like you said, it's 
the assist part, right? It's yeah. assisting to help keep everybody safer out there on right, the road. Of course. And, and I know even even my car too. I think the first vehicle we ever got that had that. It just is, it's a weird feeling, mm-hmm. right? When that steering wheel kind of nudges a little bit and kind of yeah. pulls you back over and and uh, but but uh, I think I think the intent is good, right? Right. Make yeah. it make it a safer environment out there. It gets for your attention. Yeah. It's like when they when they put the uh, the collision control in the lane finders and stuff right. like when they first put it in. I mean, it startled me so bad, <laughs> and it still did. You know, I was flatbed, so when it would hit the when it would I say hit the brakes when it would apply the brakes, it would get it definitely get your attention. So I can see the where you know if you touch touch the line and it pulls you back to center, it's just getting your attention. You know, here's the interesting thing, and I don't know if you guys ever thought about this, but when you when you look at artificial intelligence and you know the, the fact that they're putting more and more you know forward-facing cameras that mm-hmm. are designed to read signs and where the traffic is and and you know all in that whole assist mm-hmm. category you know one of the things I've been thinking about is well gosh there's really no standards right, right. for signage so you know if you look at state to state I'm, I'm sure that there's no guidelines on for example where to put an, an exit or an off-ramp speed limit sign, right? Mm-hmm. How high to, how how far down the ramp do you put it? How high do you put it? So you have these different companies that now have cameras that are trying to read speed limit signs. Well, is that for the roadway or is that for the ramp? Right. You know, and I think I think states and everybody just there's really no standard that I'm aware of. And I think in order for that computer technology to work well all the states really need to get together and say, mm-hmm. okay, here's how we're going to do it. Well, we're still trying to get together to do the exits. It's the same number as, like, from Atlas class this past weekend. The all, not all of the states are going exit numbers by the mileage yet. Right. They're still, right. you know. Or just painted lines. Yeah. I mean, I mean something as simple as consistent right. quality lines on the road. You can't get two yeah. people to agree with anything. Yeah. I mean, me and him yeah. bicker all the time. So. <laughs> Never. I know yeah. with perception being such a big problem with AI, with, you know, snow being with how complex our environment is with signage and all the moving parts out there and you know with weather covering up signs and pavement markings and stuff Mm -hmm. the human brain's extremely adept at perceiving what's around it and making those decisions really quickly do you foresee ai ever getting to a point where it's able to match human perception i mean honestly i think anything's possible i I mean yeah but I think there's a there's just a long, long way to go. Right. You know, I mean, you think of the value and, like you said, the decision making capability and what happens inside a human brain at a fraction of a second. Um, I think you're seeing some basic testing of of autonomous type things mm-hmm. in very controlled environments, right? So you see it yeah. like in some of the states where you know there you know the roads are pristine and the mm-hmm. lines are perfect and you know, you can control all those variables, so it's a very simple, simpler environment yeah. to test and develop on. But, I mean, the complexities, to your point about, you know, different road conditions and all that stuff, it's just beyond right now that... Well, even even airplanes, I mean, they pretty much fly themselves now. Uh, they can land, they can take off, and there's still a pilot in there. Yeah. The, per- the people... The, the population still want that human element yeah. in there. Yeah, and even, and even now... Um, even now, today, where you do hear the the terminology autonomous, whether it's a taxi cab or whatever, it's it's a very limited application. Um, you know, typically it's in more of the wide open spaces, mm-hmm. but anytime you get down to a more of an urban areas where 
you have all those variables you talked about, right? Pedestrians and traffic and, and challenging situations. They're not even Close trying to, to that, tackle yeah. that. They're they're saying we need we need a, a driver to do those right. things and and to your point, that's because that's probably the best way to solve it right now. And, and the, yeah. the, the financial end of that to get to that point, it's down the road. I mean, we're still looking you still gotta look at what's more what's profitable. It, you know, how much would it cost us to get to that point? Mm-hmm. And everybody would have to do it. Every company would have to do it to make it justify spending that amount of money. Mm-hmm. And state governments would all have yeah. to coordinate and standardize stuff and everything. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about how they're afraid technology's going to take their truck driver's job away. But when you look at, like, our flatbed fleet and going off-road uh-huh. and stuff, some locations after construction zones and stuff, I've always been very skeptical that AI is ever going to be able to... yeah. Take take away the need for a human in that seat. Right. What yeah. what in that line of question <laughs> questions there? What about the uh, the the electric vehicles? You know, I see that's getting real big right now. Do you see that? What is, what was the that? the you know the chargeable the, the oh, battery, yeah. you know the yeah. How do you see that? You know, I don't see a ton of charging stations out there for electric <laughs> semis. So. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of organizations that have made some press by partnering with right. with that type of uh, a technology but to your point there's a there's a lot of issues to be solved around distance and you know which lanes they might possibly work on and charge times and and simply the weight I was what I was going to ask you the of weight those tractors along. right so that that presents a little bit of a limiter in terms of how many pounds you can right can carry because of how much how much that truck weighs they would have to do a whole new infrastructure to make our roads hold more weight to to do that right yeah and and even right now it's it's just kind of an interesting thought but with the shortage of processors right now Mm -hmm. microprocessors and kind of that whole supply chain issue we've got i can't imagine the amount of you know that go into Mm -hmm. a truck like that and uh could you imagine one of them breaking down? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you would need yeah. a you would need a IT department with you to figure the thing out. Oh yeah, know? I mean it's just it's just the amount of technology. Even our technicians today in our right. shops um, have to deal with. Um, yeah, it's it's just getting more and more more technically right. challenging. I, I own trucks forever, and uh, I think the last truck I owned was maybe a 15, 16. And when it would break, I just open the hood. No, I'm not touching that. <laughs> I'm not touching that. There's so many gadgets and sensors right. and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's interesting. You know, they're going to get better and better. Right. There's no doubt. I mean, you you see a lot of car makers today, so non class eight, right? Just car makers evolving their product lines. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to push more and more into the class eight uh, area and. I, I think there's going to be definitely some limitations though until the battery technology gets better and the charging mm-hmm. technology gets better. And but, by the uh, time we get to that point, we're going to evolve into different, different things. You know, you might be a truck driver now. You might be a truck driver technician or something that that rides along with it to keep it going. You know, the operator like a pilot would be or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who it's knows? really interesting. There's there's <laughs> a lot of different theories out there. There's a lot of different companies. Trying different things, yeah. but they're all still on the. You guys need just invent a time machine that way I can go in the future and like see, <laughs> yeah. and then I can do the start market. The flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, you had any luck with that? Yeah, yeah. I, 
That's on the list. We haven't solved that one yet. I can't get a rail truck up. What is it, 89 mile an hour? I tried, but I can't. Everyone, they keep safety department keeps calling me every time I try to do it. You just gotta find a really, really big hill and let it go. Uh, yep. Yeah. No, do not do that. Constructors <laughs> uh, uh, too. So, anything else you got going on over there? No, there's a couple of things I had to share with everybody today. I mean. Uh, as I, I was kind of thinking about that, I think those are the, a couple of the core things. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, and just by some of the questions you guys asked, uh, I think all the other topics we covered. Yeah, that was very informative today. Yeah, good Travis, deal. Travis, can you think of anything? You good? We're all good? Yeah. Okay, all right, well, I'll, I'll end it right there then. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'll end it right there today. John, it was a pleasure having you. Judah, thank you very much for helping me out today. Thanks, Mike. It's good talking to you, John. Yeah, good talking to you guys. Absolutely. And you take care of yourself, and we'd, we'd love to have you on another time very soon. All right. Anytime. All right. Thank you very much. You guys out there in the podcast world, have a wonderful and safe week out there, and we'll see you next time. Bye.